The next bracha in our series is Birkat Bonei Yerushalayim. In order to talk about this bracha, we have to at least look a little bit further. The next bracha. The next bracha is Tzemach David. When we say Yerushalayim, we automatically refer to two, indeed, different things. Um, a clear distinction. Yerushalayim is the seat of the Beit HaMikdash, and therefore it's the seat of Shekhinah, of God's presence in the world. Mechon Kisei Hashem. And two, Yerushalayim is the political capital, not just of the modern state of Israel, but of Malchut Yisrael, what we call Kisei David, Malchut Beit David. And in fact, there are two brachot in Shmon Esrei, one which is clearly a bracha for this week, clearly about Shechina. God, you should return to Yerushalayim and dwell in it, as you have said. So it's about God's dwelling, Shechina, Tishkon Betocha, in Yerushalayim. And the next bracha is about David, it's Samach David. And David represents Malchut Yisrael, represents the kingdom of Israel, the political, human kingdom of Israel, restoration of the, of the full meaning of, 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 of Jewish national political independence, uh, represented by the concept of Malchut Beit David. So offhand, I would say, I would have said, in fact many years I did say, that these are two different brachot, uh, reflecting what I've said many times in the past, that the brachot reflect the needs of the Jew or the needs of the Jews. And these are two separate needs. It could be that they both come together historically more or less and geographically in almost the same place. But in terms of the needs of human beings, it's two different things. One is for God's presence in our midst and the other one is for the restoration of the political independence and sovereignty of the Jewish nation. The first is Bonei Yerushalayim and the second is Matzmiach a few weeks ago, I, I quoted you, Shalmi, about Berkat Aminim, Shover Oivim Machni Azidim, where you, Shalmi, had the expression, Kolel Shel Minim Beshel Poshim Bemachni Azidim. You, Shalmi, uh, we used it to indicate how there was a Bacha called Machni Azidim, God who, who subjugates the, uh, the the rebellious, and you include in that bracha also bracha about the heretics and the sinners. Uh, the continuation that Yushalmi has a very similar sentence, uh, apparently about our bracha. Kolel shel David b'bonei Yerushalayim. You include David in b'nei Yerushalayim. The simple explanation of the Yushalmi, and many interpreters in fact say this is what Yushalmi means, is that there weren't two brachot at all. As opposed to the Bavli where there are in the end 19 brachot in the tefillah we call Shmon Esrei, there were 19 brachot in the 18 brachot tefillah, the Yushalmi really only had 18, because Kolel Shel David B'Bonei Yerushalayim, the bracha about David is included in B'Bonei Yerushalayim. And in fact, Yushalmi then has a different nusach, a different uh, formulation of the Chatimata Bracha of Bonei Yerushalayim. It's not Baruch Ata Hashem Bonei Yerushalayim, but Baruch Ata Hashem Elokei David U Bonei Yerushalayim. And as I pointed out in Machnia Zaydim, 
there was a halachic problem in lachdom b'shtayim, in having two um, phrases or two themes in a chatima. And the answer always has to be, wherever it does appear, the answer is, it's really only one theme, even though it's two phrases. So, Elokei David, Yerushalayim is acceptable because they're so close that it becomes one theme. Now, we don't hold that way. And we have two separate bachot. A separate bachot called Tzemach David, Matzmiach Keren David Abdecha, Matzmiach Yeshua. Matzmiach Keren Yeshua. And, uh, the following appears in a Medrash Tanchuma in Parshat Korach, where it says the following, which apparently is the, the Shita of the Yushalmi, the opinion of the Yushalmi, not that which we practice. Pasuk in, in Hosea, Perek Yudalid, called Tisa Avon Vekachtov, a verse which should be familiar from the Haftarah of Shabbat Shuvah. It's in the chapter that begins, Shuvah Yisrael Ad Hashem Alokecha. As is well known, we will um, complete the uh, oxen with our mouths is understood by Chazal to mean that we pray instead of bringing sacrifices. So the Pasuk then is interpreted to talk about prayer. It says, take good. Medrash says as follows, Amru Yisrael, Ribono Shalom. Bizman shebeit ha-mikdash kayam, hayinu makribim korbanu mitkapeh. When the Beit ha-mikdash was in existence, we would bring a sacrifice and achieve atonement. Achshav ain't biyadein weather tefillah, but today we only have tefillah. That's Shema Parim Sfateinu. Tov begematria yudzayin. Kortisa avon vekach tov. Kach tov. Tov in gematria, tet vav bet is 17. And that's how we know that Tfilah consists of 17 Bechot. Yushalmi has 17, there are 19. Tfilah Yutet. Yushalmi answers, Hotzei mehen berkat ha-zeidim she-tiknu biyavne. Berkat ha-minim is an extra Bechah, as we discussed two weeks ago. The Gemara in the Bavli says that it was added much later time. It was added in Yavne. Be'et zemach David she-tiknu al-shum b'chaneni Hashem b'naseni. And at zemach David is also an extra Bechah. Because of a pasuk, David HaMelech said, Bachaneni Hashem Benaseni, we'll talk about this next week when we discuss this bacha. But, but this psikta is saying there really are 19 bachot, but two of them are extra. Theoretically or originally, or, or strictly speaking, tefillah consists of only 17 bachot. There's an extra bacha for the Zaydim, which was a historical occurrence because of the oppression or the problems involved in the heretics and the heretical sects in Eretz Yisrael in the time of Yavna. And another bracha was added because of a particular pasuk and tilim, which we're not going to go into the reason, but it, it, the bracha was additional. So the psikta really has 19 brachot, and maybe that's really the Pshat Nushami as well. Not that the bracha doesn't exist at all, but it's an added bracha. Strictly speaking, if I, when I just did the, the, the universal needs of humanity and of the Jewish people, so there was no bracha at Semach David, but as Yushami says, Koler shel David bebonei Yerushalayim. Of course, we don't paskin like Yushami. If Yushami means not to have a bracha at all, we don't paskin that way. Maybe it's like the psikta that's a bracha. But ideologically, Yushami says, David should be in Yerushalayim. Do we hold that way? The answer is we do. 
whatever the Pshan Yushalmi is, even if we have a separate Bacha called the Tzemach David, but in fact, Kolalim, we include David in Berkat Yushalayim, because after you say, Betishkon betocha kasher dibarta, and after you say, Uvnei otabakarobiyamein olam, build it quickly in our days, an eternal building, you then say, Bechisei David litocha tachin, and establish in it the throne of David. The chair of David, the throne of David. So a bracha, which ostensibly is about Shekhinah, but the last line is about Chisei David betocha tachin, and you should establish in it the chair of David. So in fact, Yerushalmi is quite correct, whether it's a separate bracha or not a separate bracha, but in the bracha Yerushalayim, you don't talk about Yerushalayim without including in it David. Kisei David, the throne of David. What this means, and this is a crucial theological, philosophical point of Judaism. The distinction I began with, that there were two separate needs of man. One is spiritual, the presence of God in the world, the Shekhinah, a longing for a close and, and palpable presence of God in our midst like there was when they finished building the Mishkan and the cloud descended on the Mishkan. That's a spiritual quest for closest to God. And another need that consists of a a a rise, an establishment of a complete and perfect political order underneath a human king, the ideal king of David HaMelech, based on which so then which everybody would agree to, that Judaism believes in a political order. It's not an anti-political order. It's not a religion of, of detachment from the world. The perfect government is part of the, the dream of Judaism. But nonetheless, it's two separate things. One is spiritual and one is physical. One is spiritual and one is political. One is almost next-worldly and one is this-worldly. This Bacha says, and the Yerushalmi says, that that's not true. It's two separate lines in Atfilah, but it's only one bracha. And in fact, to speak of the spiritual position of God, the spiritual indwelling of God in the world, without mentioning, without going to the next step of the throne of David, would be an incomplete bracha. You haven't finished the, the, the topic. Other topics we finished in the past, we talked about kibbutz kaliot. We talked about establishing a just society. We talked about them. We finished that topic. Next topic. But if you would not say, Bechisei David you haven't finished this bracha. Kolel shel David bebonei Yerushalayim. Because it's not two different topics. The distinction between the spiritual and the political is a mistake. This distinction which is extremely emphasized in ancient Christianity. Give unto God what is His and give unto Caesar what is His. Is totally denied, I'm going from one extreme to another, is totally denied in, 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 in Judaism. The presence of God in the world is expressed in its fullest in the establishment of the kingdom of David on earth. 
It's inconceivable to speak of the building of Jerusalem and the indwelling of God's presence without speaking of the political order, the house of David. Yushalayim without David is not Yushalayim rebuilt. Now, why is this true? What, what, what is the meaning of this message? We have many psukim, for instance, in Tehillim, which speak of the thirst of man to see God, to meet God. One of my, one of my favorite psukim in all of Tehillim, Ka'ayal ta'arog alafikimayim. David Amelech is is in Galut. He's been he's been banished from Israel because of the enmity of of of, of Shaul Amelech, and he writes a parak, remembering thirsting for when he can return to the Beit Hamikdash. Matai Avo, when will I be able to come and see the face of God? For my thirst for God is like the the thirst, the the the, the longing of the deer for the pools of water. So my soul thirsts for God, the living God. And then you have other places speaking about Malchut David. Two separate things. Easy enough to say it. You can affirm them both, not be negative about either one of them, and nonetheless, they're two different parts of my soul. There's religiosity, and there's politics, and I think we all have, have felt this and, and experienced it after all these years of galut, of distinction, where we've lived only in the religious sphere and more or less forgotten or detached ourselves or put off political aspirations. And in its more extreme form, but nonetheless found, you'll find the argument that somehow there's a contradiction in between the two. You know, to get involved in, in politics, in the real world, in, in, in government, will, will have a negative effect on the justice. You just said you do by, by, by withdrawing from the world to some extent. We're not hermits, but, but a little bit of withdrawing. That's a very common expression. The Bukhah says no. The two concepts are indivisible. Historically it's true. After all, hundreds of years went by after the Jews entered Eretz Israel, before the Shekhinah settled in Jerusalem. There's a halachic a, 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 a quotient to that. There's a halach of the Shekhinah Tidrishum, Mikan Debayi Drisha. You have to search for the place which God chose to put his Shekhinah. And that searching took hundreds of years till Dabra Melech determined somehow with the aid of, of the Prophet that that place was in Yerushalayim. In the threshing floor of Anon Hayivusi. But it's a fact that that only took place. Some of the Shekhinah waited, the Nevi'im waited, the Jews waited until David had started to build Yerushalayim as his seat. Only after David chose Yerushalayim to be his seat of power did we begin to make the arrangements. David Amalek himself began to make the arrangements by buying the land and by uh, starting to acquire the, the material. 
to to build a house for God. In fact, the 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 havamina, the arousal of the thought was the Melech said, "I sit bebeit arazim. I sit in a house of cedarwood, and the Lord God is living, sitting, dwelling in a tent." The 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 um, the gap between the physical expression of kingship, the Melech's palace, and the physical expression of the Shekhinah, the Ohel Moed, the tent which had been brought to Yerushalayim, when they became so distinct, so out of the gap was so large, that's what led to, okay, we have to close that gap because the gap is inconceivable, not just because it's not nice, because the two of them go together. That's the meaning of that story. What's the idea? I think the idea is clear. The expression of God in the world is Malchut Yisrael. God in the world is not only something that you meet in the recesses of your soul. I say not only, it's true, but not only in the recesses of your soul as some sort of a of a mystic union. God in the world is God's kinship in the world. When the Shekhinah settles in the world, that means that God will be politically the king of the world. But what does it mean that God is the king of the world? God's kingship in the world is expressed through the medium of Malchut Yisrael, of a kingdom ruled by a righteous ruler, according to the Torah, in Eretz Yisrael, over God's people, the Jewish people. To speak of God in the world without God's kingship in the world is absurd. To speak of God's kingship in the world without a real kingdom, not, not something that, that's abstract or in our minds, but a real kingdom of human beings on real earth is also, is also ridiculous. To this, to this, to distinguish or to divorce the spiritual kingship, spiritual presence from spiritual kingship and spiritual kingship from political kingship, is inconceivable to Yahadud. And political kingship of God is not that God is giving orders. He is to the Torah, but, but you need some sort of a medium to express this in the real world. And that's called Malchut Beit David. And therefore, Kolel et David bibonei Yerushalayim. For Yerushalayim to be rebuilt and to be the seat of God's Shekhinah requires that Yerushalayim should be the center of a real political organization run ideally, run in the, in the, in the, in the finest manner which is what we mean by Malchut Beit David, Malchut Yisrael, according to its finest form, is Malchut Beit, Malchut Beit David. So the bracha is not only about spirituality. It is about spirituality. But the divorce between spirituality and physicality is a mistake. So the bracha is about spirituality as expressed in politics, real politics. Politics is not a dirty word. Politics is the expression of God's presence in the world. If we look in the Bracha now, we find that there are four different, four different phases, four different expressions, four different verbs. Stage one is, Yushalayim Ircha Barachamim Tashur. God should return to Yushalayim. Stage two, He should dwell in Yushalayim. Tishkon Betocha, Kasher Dibata. Stage three is, He should build it. Binyan Olam, He should rebuild it. Ready, we're talking physically. If He dwells in Yushalayim, it won't be like dwelling in the desert. You don't find God by going out to the desert in the open 
God is in Yushalayim means there'll be a building of Yushalayim. And finally, and quickly establish the seed of David in it. So the four stages are to return to Yushalayim, to dwell in Yushalayim, to build Yushalayim, and to establish a political, perfect political organization to rule over the kingdom. And what do these things mean? What does it mean to return to Yerushalayim? We don't think that God is absent from the world in the sense that the world is hefka, the world is no longer under God's control. It's hard for me to describe exactly what this means. It's hard for me to even imagine what this means, but I, 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 what I know what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean come back to Yerushalayim, come back to the world so that you can do things. God runs the world now. I, I doubt, I, 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 I'm not sure. I suspect that there may very well not be any practical distinction whether God runs the world from the heavens or runs the world from Yerushalayim. It could be. It could be when he's closer that he'll do more miraculous things. But not necessarily. I don't think that's the main point. The difference is more internal. The difference between running the world from afar and running the world from close by. It's a difference for us. We will feel the difference. Whether God does a miracle, doesn't do a miracle, does A or does B, I don't think that's really the point here. But the Shuvli Yerushalayim means to, to run the world from close, to be in our midst. It has to do with our relationship with God and not with the, the, the practical expressions of divine providence. Um, second stage, God should dwell in it. There's a difference here also, it's, very difficult to, to say exactly what this means. What's the difference between God visiting and God dwelling? The whole idea of God dwelling in a particular place is, is difficult to comprehend. Shlomo HaMelech built a Beit HaMikdash for God. He obviously knew what he wanted. He was in favor of building a Beit HaMikdash. When he finished building it, he stood up and said, What have I done? Bano Baniti Beit Zvulach. I have built for you a house. Machol a place where you can dwell, an institute where you can dwell forever. And then Shlomo Melech asks, Ki Is it possible? Is it imaginable that God dwells on the earth? Behold, the heavens and the heavens' heavens cannot contain you. Can this house which I have built? It's absurd to think that God dwells in the house, but that was said when Shlomo Melech built the house. So don't expect me who I, I, I am less wise than Shlomo HaMelech, the wisest of all men, by several degrees, to explain it. But nonetheless, it's true. There is some meaning to God not being, a, not just running the world, and not just being a guest in the world, but having a place that, so to speak, is God's house. It could be it's important for us. It could be it has some real mystic meaning. But it takes place. I think that's why we say here and only here, dibalta, and dwell in it as you have said. Theoretically, anything in Shmon Esrei, I could say kasher dibalta, because everything is based on God's promises. Give us knowledge as you said. Forgive our sins as you said. Do kibbutz galiyot as you said. All these things are based on God said, God said He would do it. But only here do we say, kasher dibalta. I think it means that, frankly, I didn't even... I don't know why I can say this. I, I know I want it. I know it's important, but, but how can I have the chutzpah to say to God, dwell in a house, dwell in our midst. 
we should be the house of God. The house of God should be the house of God. It's absurd. It's incredible. So you have to add the words, Kashir Dibata. I can say because you said so. Everything else I ask for, I ask because I need it. But I know that God can do it. God will do it. But if God hadn't explicitly told me that I should build a house for him, Basuli Mikdash, make for me a temple and I would dwell in their midst, in your midst, I wouldn't be able to ask for it. So at this point, dwell in our midst, in the midst of this house, you need to add Kasher Dibata. Third, if to dwell in our midst is not merely poetry, is not merely metaphor, but is real, then it's not only in your soul, but in a real house. And fourth, as we said, Kisei David, the house of God. Uh, this explains the uh, interesting halachi question that arises because of the Khatima. There's a famous klal, which we mentioned in the past, that the end of a bracha, me'ein chatima samuch l'chatima. You, the last line of the bracha should be of the same language, the same theme as the chatima, as the finality, the conclusion of the bracha. So, so before rofei cholim, ki kel rofei ne'mad v'achmanata, bo'ch Hashem rofei cholim. For you are God who heals, bo'ch Hashem who heals. Here, the chatima is bonei Yerushalayim. The main chatima is, v'chisei David me'ra l'tocha tachin. The Chatima is he who builds Yerushalayim. And the, the previous line, which is supposed to be Me'ain Chatima is, and the house of David, you should establish in it. And therefore, Poskim asks, it's not good. You can, I agree that David should be in the Bacha, but the last line has to be the same language as the, as the Chatima. The Gura Vilna especially, and later on in Balazhin, they were very, very much mocked, but it should be the same words, the same phraseology, even if it's more or less the same. In, 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 in Nusuch, uh, Svarad, in Nusuch of Svaradim, so the last two lines are switched. I suspect very strongly that was a deliberate switch. In order to solve the problem. It was the last line should be, and you should build Yerushalayim, then Bonei Yerushalayim. That solves the problem. But Nusuch Ashkenaz, to this day, it's not that way. Uh, the Rav of Salvechik Zatzal switched on his own. The Nusach Ashkenaz was Binyan, and then Kisei David, and then Bonei Yerushalayim, and he switched the last two lines to make it Me'en uh, Chatima. The Bach, several hundred years ago, asked the question, and answered, No, Kisei David is Binyan Yerushalayim. He writes, The purpose of Binyan Yerushalayim is that it should be, Why do we care if Yerushalayim is built or not built? Why do I care if there are big buildings in Yerushalayim? Yerushalayim has to be built because it's the capital. Because the building of Yerushalayim in general, all the buildings in Yerushalayim, are that it should be the 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 base for Kisei Machut David. That's exactly my point. No, it was, it's true, it's not the same language. Uh, in, uh, the Gvar was not in the same words. But the Baruch was saying, you know the same words, you need the same theme. And it's not two different themes you were saying. It's exactly my point. At Kedekach, so much is it true that that David and Binyan Yerushalayim are the same topic, that it's the same topic exactly. As to say, and establish David in Yerushalayim is to say, to build Yerushalayim. What does it mean to build Yerushalayim? To build Yerushalayim is to build the capital, not to build the city. It's to build the the seat of government. That's what we call Kisei, Kisei David. I'd like to conclude, first of all, this has created a 
a, a expectation for next week. Now I have to explain what the next Pachah is about. If in fact the political rule of, of Malchut Beit David is already included in this Pachah, what's the next Pachah about? So that's for next week. I have a problem now. I, I had a Shia prepared. This week we'll talk about Shechina. Next week we'll talk about politics. But I already talked about politics. Shechina is politics. So what is next week's Pachah about? You have to wait for next week. Conclude with an interesting uh, comment by Rabbi Avraham Ben Agra, the Vilna Gon son of Avraham. He pointed out that the Chatima the Bacha is Bonei Yerushalayim. Chazal asked about the previous, one of the previous Bachot, Goel Yisrael, how come at the end before Shmonesai, at the end of Bachot Kriyat Shema, we have Bachot that's called Gaal Yisrael, he who redeemed Israel, and in Shmonesai, we have Bachot that's called he who redeems Israel. Past tense and present tense. The answer is obvious. The Bacha after Kriyat Shema was speaking about the past. It was, it was praising God for redeeming us, for saving us from Egypt, taking us out of Egypt. So the Bacha is Ga'al Yisrael. Bacha and is about the present. I'm asking God to redeem me now, to save me now from all my problems. So I speak to him as he who saves Israel, who redeems Israel. The grass, why it says here, Bonei Yerushalayim. And he gave the obvious answer. I mean, the question, you ask him, what's the question? The answer, of course there's no question. The answer must be that God is building Yushalayim in the present. And that's what the Gras said. God is engaged every second in the building of Yushalayim. The reason is, I think, because of what we described, the building of Yushalayim is the establishment of God's kingdom in the world. That doesn't begin when we start to build David HaMelech's palace, or when we start to build the Beit HaMikdash. All of Jewish history is perhaps just the initial stages, but it's the initial stages of God's kingdom in the world. God told Abraham Avinu to move from Haran to Eretz Yisrael. That was the beginning of establishing, establishing the kingdom of God on earth in Eretz Yisrael. It takes a long time and there's some ups and downs in this process. But God's name in the present is, what is God doing in the world? Maybe not physically. I mean, I think today, yes, physically, but maybe not physically all the years. But nonetheless, He's putting down the, the cornerstones for what will eventually be clear, the seat of the kingship of God. God should show us. He's doing it, but He should show it to us and help us rejoice in the building of Yushalayim. Bimheira b'yameinu. Amen. Thank you. Until next week. Kol tov.